Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Happy Friday, Becky. It's good to be here, John. It really is. <laughs> John's laughing because I was messing with him while the <laughs> intro was coming on. And if you don't know, we play that live. And so if we start laughing, you could totally hear us over the background. So I'm always trying to mute us if we start laughing. So it's Friday and we've been walking through some entrepreneurial mindsets and hacks that we love that we just feel like the nonprofit world needs to adopt and take as their own. And today we're going to hop into one of our favorite topics in that regard. It's batching. And I love batching because if you are someone like me who is extremely ADD in your work and you have a million things going on, I'm looking at my computer right now, I have eight tabs open and I'm like constantly bouncing between them and it's just a frenetic way to work. And I, and I honestly don't even think it's that helpful. And so batching is a mindset that helps you just have focus. And you actually figure out once you take this sort of mentality into your professional career, it's going to make you so much more efficient. It's going to make you do more. And the the output of what you're going to produce is going to be better in the long run and you'll be healthier, happier. So I cannot believe we it's have like not a commercial for this. batching right now. I know. <laughs> okay. So I think we should start with batching as like, what does that word mean? Yeah. And the only time yeah. that I had heard it used professionally, at least in our nonprofit was batching gifts. I don't right. know if you use that term in your office, but I got to be honest, we always, you know, we're sharing these hacks. You probably think that we have everything together in our professional lives. And that's not true. We're growing and we've got growth mindset. So we're always trying to advance ourselves. But we will need to tell the story of our, of our first experience batching, Becky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine two marketers that come into an organization, we're new to healthcare. like we know the marketing game well. We know the storytelling. We know the graphic design in the web. But we're living in the annual giving space and applying everything through that lens. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to relate to the fact that we just ended up having sort of an exodus in our organization of people who are leaving the organization kind of all at the same time, not for any particular reason. It just kind of worked out that way. And so we had a lot of open positions in at this time it was in our operations side. The back of office. Which yeah. is not Becky and John's strength, <laughs> P.S. <laughs> Looking at numbers, automating systems, and I want to thank you, all of the individuals Absolutely. that are out there that do that, because we could not do it without you. So talk about John and Becky stepping into Humbling the gift experience. processing role, <laughs> and it was like deer in headlights for us. It completely was. So, you know, we knew the word batching, and we knew we needed to go open the mailbox and literally open <laughs> the letters pull out the checks and open the database and work systematically through this. But you can imagine how clunky that was, you know, and how inefficient it was for us to do that. And honestly, we did it for a couple of weeks until there was, we were able to find somebody temporarily to come in and then ultimately get that position refilled. Thank the Lord for that. But um, in that phase, we grew this appreciation for there's a reason why you systemize things that need systemizing, right? 
And I think it's really easy to think about that, about real mechanically type things like that and never uh, um, adopt that mindset in other areas of our business or organization. And that's what we're here today to say, we want you to bring batching out front and to use it in other places and spaces to really like re-energize and give you some time back. My goodness. Yes. And I mean, if can you, we would all sit in there and say, this is crazy thinking to think <laughs> that if we went down to the mailbox every 20 minutes, yeah. you know, to go see if a new check had been delivered and we walk upstairs and we individually walk through all the steps for that one check, you would be doing that 14 hours a day. Yeah. So why aren't we applying that thinking in everything that we do, that we do in meetings, in the way we develop content, in the way we build strategies and plans. So that is really what we're going to dive into today. I love it. And you know, the data and all the studies point to this too. I mean, I've always said I'm a horrible multitasker and I just thought that was because I was a guy. <laughs> I've read studies that just guys can't multitask, but we really shouldn't multitask. Our brains are horrible at yeah. it just in general. And we can only focus at best for maybe a minute or 15 seconds, a minute, 15 seconds at most on on the same task at one time. So that's a crazy stat. I yeah. mean, the average time spent on a task before you lose focus is a minute and 15 seconds. Think about that. 75 seconds before you get distracted. And I get it though. We live in a digital world. How often is your phone pinging? Your emails are flying in. Somebody's popping their head in. I mean, I can actually believe that. Um, and that's the thing. We're, we're not multitasking in those moments. We're just switching our mind rapidly back and forth from one task to another and nothing is getting our full attention. So if you're losing all this productivity, some studies are saying 40% across the board with all this multitasking. That's insane, right? Think about what you could do if you moved some of your tasks that are being fragmented amongst a lot of people on your team or just things that you do over the course of a couple of weeks that could be centralized and done at the same time, you could find so many benefits from this. I mean, efficiency is just the first one, but mental clarity. I mean, once it's done, boom, it can leave your mind for a couple of weeks. Oh, Maybe you don't have to, you know, you can be freed up to do other things. Um, I know this is a huge one for me, but just feeling like you're always behind the eight ball on literally everything in your life. So if you can adopt some of these batching principles into different areas, then that's going to be lifted too, because you're going to be able to take care of things well ahead of time. And, and you're going to put your best self and show up for your best self whenever you are in the right state of mind to accomplish these similar tasks. And so we're, we're going to talk through this for you because I'm sure it's still a little nebulous in your yeah. mind of what does that look like and how does it apply to my work in my nonprofit office. And so we're going to give you some examples. We're going to give you some steps and we're honestly going to walk through how we implement it here on the podcast because it is truly game changing. And for people that are in the hustle, like serious hustle and grind of their work, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in a nonprofit, or if you're just like a mom trying to keep up with all of your kids, it's like there are ways that you can employ this thinking. And I want to give a shout out to Jenna Kutcher, who is one of the leaders in this space. And she is an entrepreneur and she pours into entrepreneurs of how to do more. And she has a great episode on this. And we've pulled from some of those ideas. We have some ideas also from an organization called Cornfield very advanced, which is about like career development. And we want to walk through some of those steps with you. So do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So where do we start every time? We always are all about what's your goal? What are your priorities? You want to get those things straight because obviously when you're looking at reorganizing your time, you want to make sure that the 
things that you're spending your time on align with the bigger goals uh, that you're shooting for? Where's your North Star? Where's your priorities? So definitely start there. And I think that's kind of, it's kind of a given, but I think we should, we have to say that. Absolutely. I mean, just even as a nonprofit or a public relations purist, I always <laughs> want to start with the goal because that's going to drive every piece. And so this to me is the most important one. Batching is really about grouping similar functions together. So the idea is how do you you take on a big project or many big projects and tackle that same task on repeat over and over again. So for example, if you have a goal to get 20 cold calls done during the week, you know, that's not something, I don't know one gift officer that likes cold calling anybody. So batching instead of stringing those out throughout the week, that would be grouping that function together on a Tuesday morning, you might come in and knock all 20 of those out in the first two hours that you are together. And all of a sudden you're feeling lighter. And again, back to that mental clarity, how can you pull these things together and make batching be your focus? Focusing and getting your head in the mental space of, okay, I just did that call, check, and I'm kind of, I'm already in that groove. I'm talking to these people about the same kinds of things, so it's not something that I have to worry and script for myself, and it just helps with your creativity flow so you're not doing that task over and over each day. I love that. And so now we want to create the space to be able to do those things. So number three is setting boundaries. Mm. And this is so critical. If you're going to batch, you're going to probably spend longer than you were going to spend if you were just doing it once, but you're going to be doing a task multiple times in a row. So you want to carve out time in your schedule to do this. And so literally open up your Google calendar, your outlook today and block off that time because otherwise people are not going to know how to respect that time for you. And it'll also kind of prompt you to do it. So if it's something that needs to get done, like those cold calls you mentioned, Becky, and I keep thinking of Mark Twain, that's like, do it first thing in the morning, you know, the thing that you don't want to do. Yes. Block that time off, and then you have to actually respect the boundary yourself, and others will, will see that and respect it too when you create it. I love that. And so number four is eliminate distractions. And I think this is going to be the hardest thing for us. And if you're someone like me, who has a hard time setting boundaries because I want people to feel like they can come in and talk to me and access me. And I want to be able to pour into your problem or if I have a solution, we can group think. Your time is really precious. And depending on how much time you have in your day, you've got to eliminate those distractions. And so I'm not a big door closer, but maybe there are times where you just need to shut your door. Maybe you need to put your phone away or put it on airplane mode while maybe you're writing something. You need to ignore your email. I think that's something when we're on our computers working on things and you have that email notification pop in, it is nothing but a distractor that detracts you from doing the thing that you really need to be working on. So it may take you about 30 minutes to get focused if you don't clear away all those distractions, but you really are trying to get into that state of flow. And I think flow is so important when you're trying to batch, especially when you're doing many things multiple times and trying to pull it all together. So eliminate those distractions and really value your time. Put that phone away if you can. I love that hack, Becky. Okay, so number five is get just being realistic about the time that you're going to focus. And you know yourself, we're each going to be different at this, but there's certain times of the day that you know you are firing on all cylinders. This is your sweet spot. This is when you need to line up and do your best work. And there's times, depending on what you had for lunch, you may want to be taking a nap instead of <laughs> doing your batch work. <laughs> Hello, pasta. 
And um, oh, I love pasta lunches. Please don't <laughs> knock them. <laughs> but you know, it's all about where do you find your energy. Like, make sure that's the time that you're blocking off and giving to this task, and then set a timer. You know, you've already carved out this amount of time. The great thing is, is you know, you dedicate that time. You can be done after that and just move on to your other things in the day. Okay, I love all of that, and I think that we need to dive into some examples because it's one thing for us to list out these steps, but it's an entirely other um, to actually see how it would apply to your life. So last week and last Friday, we talked about syndication mindset, and one of the examples that we talked about that we've actually built as a free workshop um, that dropped that drops next week is our syndication workshop, and it's about taking something like your social media strategy or your social post. And John gave this really great example about how do you take um, five squares across, five squares down, and create 25 days worth of content. And the syndication mindset, you know, would tell us that we would be pulling from impact reports for that content, or maybe quotes or those sorts of things. This is an incredible way to batch. So I want to give this example through the lens of syndication and batching. So if you are trying to build a month's worth of social media posts, think about how most people do it now. They come in in the morning, they understand we need to put something up on social today. What is that? I'm not really sure. I mean, there's just no strategy behind it. And then some of us, me, overthinkers, like (laughs) sit there and they want the social post to just be perfect. And it's like, no, I end up spending 25 minutes on, you know, 160 character tweet, you know, that, that I'm not even sure has strategy behind it because it's not connecting to the thing yesterday and it may not be connecting to the thing tomorrow. So the power of batching is looking at the entire month of your organization, looking at the calendar, looking at campaigns, looking at things you have on the horizon. And it would be literally populating 25 squares that would represent one a day. And it would say, I'm going to write all the posts for this. And if you can close out the white noise and just boom, 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 think about the strategy of how one post plays into the next. How are we, this one's engagement, this one's storytelling, this one we're asking for people to uh, go be a volunteer. Um, You know, I just think there's so many ways that will help you just work smarter and it won't waste your time as much. So I think that's a great hack. We have a worksheet for that that's coming with the worksheet uh, that's coming with the workshop. So if you want to pour into that, we'll help lead you through it. That's just one example. I love that example because we talked about syndication as a lens that you're looking through. And I think this is another lens. It's yep. it's batching is to say, what am I doing right now or what areas do I find myself wasting time every day? And looking at it through a different lens to say, oh, we could do this better. Or maybe you're not even the right person to be doing it on your team. Like maybe there's somebody that could write 10 times faster than you can write because they're just really gifted at that. So it's about getting the task in the right people's hands and doing them in a really efficient way. Um, And you know us, we're not saying this to be heartless and cold and be efficient, overly efficient. We just want you to be able to do more for your mission. And this is one of those great hacks to do that. So I don't know if we want to share maybe how the podcast works because we get questions a lot of, so you're going to John's house three times a week to record this in the morning. And what are those calls like? And all these things and false Becky would never do that. Sorry. We actually (laughs) physically couldn't make that happen. So we employ batching in literally everything that we do. You know, we're together a couple times a week as a team, but we certainly stack days for recording that we do all the recording We take over my office that day and we take over part of my house. So my sweet wife is handling the kids and keeping them 
you know, corralled. We just couldn't do it every day. Yeah. But by stacking them, we can be really efficient. And honestly, I think this is the most important thing. We get into the headspace because if you're going to be interviewing somebody, especially when we have really emotional, deep stories that we're really privileged to get to talk to, I mean, you just can't casually walk into that or you don't want to. You want to treat the process with reverence and you want to give space to where we can actually engage and be human and connect. And that's the magic of, you know, sitting down and getting to hear somebody's story. So we really want to protect that in a way and only batching can give that to us. Absolutely. And I I think the mental game that you just mentioned is so key because, you know, if we we're over at John's house Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we may have three or four interviews a day on Tuesday and three or more on Thursday and being able to mentally get into that space where I want to be so present with our guests. I want to be so respectful of their time and that they're giving us. And I really want to be intentional because we don't want to have a three hour podcast. That's one episode. (laughs) You know, we want to have, we understand that life moves very quickly and you have a certain amount of time to spend with us. And so we're trying to be as efficient, but as human as possible. So when we're interviewing them, you know, we are prepping, we're batch prepping, you know, before then we are interviewing, we are grabbing photos um, with our people. Then we are shoring up how the social will play out for this. We are launching social while we're still sitting here. We do all of our outros um, live or right after we're done with each of the episodes. And so we are able to do so much in one day that would essentially give us three weeks worth of podcast in one week. And that allows us to spend more time on our client work. It allows us to have time to interface with all of you all and social and just really pour into the company. It's really a great thing. Yep. So I think, you know, it works for big content like projects like that, but it also works on super small things that are happening that you just need to carve out space for. Thinking about employing this for just writing thank you notes. I mean, yes, you can do that throughout the week to the people that you engaged with, or you could carve out time, play your favorite song, light the diffuser, whatever you want, and get in this (laughs) Zen moment and write 20 emotive notes in a row. And you're going to be able to do that faster and actually enjoy the process. Yeah. And your carpal tunnel will be a great reminder of how much joy you (laughs) gave someone by pouring into thanking them. And the one that I always think of because I'm so awful at it is contact reports. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just such an awful contact report writer. So I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but we used to batch our contact reports once a week, or maybe it may have been once every two weeks. And I would set a time on Thursday afternoon for two hours and I would just power through all of those conversations and meetings that I had had with people. And again, the sense of flow that I'm in there, um, putting all the relevant information in and you have to do it when it's fresh. Otherwise it just, at least in my mind, it flies right out of there. That is such a simple hack to do something that honestly was some, a pain point for me because I did not like writing contact reports, but you have to honor the institutional knowledge and you have to keep that because it's got to live well beyond our time at our organization. So as you can see, you just need to put the lens of batching on because I guarantee there's areas that could be adapted to this in your work. And whether that's you're working from home or working from an office, if you do this in the context of your team, you can all look together and say, oh, you know, I'm spending an hour writing. I'm spending an hour writing. Let's consolidate that and have one person that's the faster, better writer to have them do it and kind of lift out those activities. So just a lot of practical advice today because we want you to be freed up 
to do what you do best? What is your role that the organization really needs you to move the needle? Where is that space? That's what you want to carve out the bulk of your time for. So just ask yourself those questions, and that's a great place to start. What's repetitive in our office? What's laborious? What is taking up so much more of my time, and where is it a drain? Start there and 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 maybe just take one one project and pilot it. Because if you're asking yourself, is batch work right for me? We're saying yes. And we really think it's going to be able to create some mental headspace for you to do other things that really bring you joy. We're here for that, friends. We're rooting for you. You've got it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you can visualize how leveraging batch work can transform the way you and your team work. Did you know every week we share our best roundup of content, freebies, and notes heard on each episode? Head over to weareforgood.com slash hello to join our mailing list, and you'll hear from us weekly with resources and tips to help you do more for your mission. If you loved what you heard today, would you stop what you're doing and hit subscribe? It really does help more people find us and join our good community. Thanks, friends. I'm Julie Comfer, our producer, and our theme song is Sunray by Rumi Borspoon. Thanks for being here, everyone. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.